0: So we are going to be considering Samson once again, and uh, we did spend a little bit of uh, time last week thinking about the beginning of his ministry. Uh, We will come again to him next week, God willing, but today we're going to be thinking about more of the incidents uh, from this man's life. So we're going to read together Judges chapter 15 and reading from verse 1. But it came to pass within a while after, in the time of wheat harvest, that Samson visited his wife with a kid. And he said, I will go into my wife, into the chamber. But her father would not suffer him to go in. And her father said, I verily thought that thou hast utterly hated her. Therefore I gave her to thy companion. Is not her younger sister fairer than she? Take her, I pray thee, instead of her. And Samson said concerning them, Now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines, though I do them a displeasure. And Samson went and caught three hundred foxes and took firebrands and turned tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst between two tails, and when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burnt up both the shocks and also the standing corn with the vineyards and olives. When the Philistines said, Who hath done this? they And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companion, And the Philistines came up and burnt her and her father with fire. And Samson said unto them, Though ye have done this, yet will I be avenged of you, and after that I will cease. And he smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter, and he went down and dwelt in the top of the rock Etam. Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah And spread themselves in Lehi, and the men of Judah said, Why are ye come up against us? And they answered, To bind Samson are we come up, to do to him as he hath done to us. Then three thousand men of Judah went to the top of the rock Etam, and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye will not fall upon me yourselves, or you will not kill me yourselves. And they spake unto him, saying, no. But we will bind thee fast, and deliver thee into their hand. But surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords, and brought him up from the rock. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax, that was burnt with fire and his bands loosed from off his hands and he found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith and Samson said with the jawbone of an ass heaps upon heaps with the jaw of an ass have I slain a thousand men and it came to pass When he had made an end of speaking, that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand, and called that place Ramath-lehi. And he was sore athirst, and called on the Lord, and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. And now shall I die for thirst, and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? But God clave an hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout, and when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Wherefore, he called the name thereof Enhakore, which is in Lihe, unto this day. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines twenty years. Amen. May the Lord bless to us this reading from his word. Samson has come down to us as a man of great strength and power and determination. But we should not forget also, and indeed perhaps more importantly, that he was also a man of great faith. He is listed in Hebrews 11, among the faithful men and women of whom it is said, the world was not worthy. Samuel trusted the Lord and he was used by the Lord to avenge the wrongs done to the Lord's elect in Israel. The Lord loves his chosen people and the Lord has promised that he will avenge his people on all their enemies that hurt them. And here in Samson is a practical example of that very process taking place. As such, Samson is a type of of the Lord Jesus Christ as a judge and as a leader of the people. If the world was not worthy of Samson, it certainly was not worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet the Savior graced this world with his person. God himself in the form of a man walked the streets and breathed the air of this world that he might deliver his people from their enemies from sin and death and hell. Samson was not a perfect man by any means. Only the Lord Jesus Christ was ever without sin. But Samson looked to Christ. And when the Holy Spirit came upon him to accomplish great feats and do great works, he served the cause of God and the church. He served as a picture of the greater judge who was yet to be revealed. This chapter tells how Samson was further deceived and mocked by the father and family of his Philistine wife. We read a little bit about that last week and I won't go back over that. But here we see that this uh, mockery continued to uh, take place and and Samson uh, felt this. He felt that deceit. What the father had done was he had given Samson's wife to another man and this insult provoked Samson and caused him to declare these words Now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines though I do them a displeasure. What he was saying there was this The Philistines were to blame for offending him And giving him cause to be angry. It was the Philistines and their actions that stirred up his anger and his wrath. In the original insult, there was a personal affront against Samson. But the Lord used that to avenge the hurt of his people against the Philistine nation. And I think it's interesting to notice in this story as well of Samson how a local tit-for-tat incident can escalate from a personal feud into a national catastrophe. As the chapter unfolds, we learn that Samson, in order to avenge The shame that he felt and the uh, uh, anger that he felt against the Philistines caught 300 foxes. Now, some think that these were actually jackals, which are a kind of of, uh, dog-like creature as well. And he uh, caught these foxes and he tied them together, two by two by their Tails, and he put a firebrand between every pair. So he probably had a, a piece of of uh, uh, cord, and he tied the the uh, uh, tails of the animals together with this cord, and then wrapped uh, a firebrand in the cord as well. And he set that alight, and he let those animals run uh, wildly, run freely in amongst. The crops of the Philistines. He let them loose into the cornfields and into the vineyards and into the olive groves of the Philistines. And this was the time of year when all these things were ready for harvest, so they would be very flammable and dry. And we learn that the Philistines afterwards took revenge by burning Samson's wife and her father now I'm not sure whether we read that as it being out of anger for the crops that they had lost or in some way trying to uh, dispel or, or Samson's anger and, and, and appease him that he wouldn't do any more. whatever it was it didn't work and Samson said though ye have done this yet will I be avenged of you And after that, I will cease. And we learn that Samson smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter. I wonder what hip and thigh means. I'm not sure. I don't know. I wonder if it means that he kicked them. Or I wonder if it means that he broke their legs. Whatever it is a lot of them died as a result of this engagement with Samson. Now the Philistines wanted more revenge. And we're told that Samson went to a place called Etam, which is in Judah. And so the Philistines brought out an army and they gathered their army and marched into Judah in order to uh, arrest and and uh, and to take, Samson, and the men of Judah were uh, very anxious about this, very fearful, and they tried to make peace with the Philistines by giving up Samson. They went to Samson and they said, "We are here to hand you over to the Philistines," and Samson agreed to this, as long as they promised not to kill Samson themselves, which they agreed and they bound him with cords. Those cords were easily broken when the Philistines uh, took possession of Samson. And we learn that Samson found a jawbone of an an ass, a, a, a donkey's jawbone, and he used it to slay a thousand Philistines and these were Philistine soldiers. This was an incredible feat. This was a miracle that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson endured him with such strength and ability and power and force that he slew a thousand armed soldiers with only the jawbone of an ass. The chapter ends with the bursting out of a spring of water by which Samson is revived uh, of, of the, the great thirst that he had after this exertion uh, when he felt that he was ready to die of thirst. So this is, the, this is the chapter, these are the incidents that we have before us today. And I just want to draw your attention to a couple of applications, a couple of lessons that I think we can draw from this account And here's the first one. Samson's wife, the Philistine girl uh, from Timnah, she deceived him right at the very beginning to stop his enemies from burning her and her father's house. She tricked Samson so that she wouldn't get into any danger. And yet she died the very death that she hoped to avoid. If this woman had just trusted and honoured her husband at the start, at the beginning, the outcome might have been so much different. The Lord Jesus Christ is like a strong husband to his bride. That's one of the pictures that we have of Christ. Christ is the bridegroom and the church, his people, are his bride. And so the the Lord God says that he will be a husband uh, to his people. So that the Lord is like a strong husband to his bride. But we cause ourselves so much hardship by not trusting our husband as we should So here's our first lesson from this little passage. Let us stand up for what is right and let us stand for what is true and let us stand for what is honourable despite the threats that we might face in this world and let us trust in the Lord for his protection. There is a little saying which is not from the Bible but it's got some wisdom in it which I thought was probably repeatable here it says this it is better to fail in a cause that will ultimately succeed than to succeed in a cause that will ultimately fail and as the Lord's people let us dedicate ourselves to Christ's service knowing that his is a cause that must succeed. There's another little lesson that we can take perhaps from this passage. And it's to do with the fact that the children of Judah, that the men of Judah also betrayed Samson. Not only did Samson's wife betray him, but the men of Judah betrayed Samson as well. Despite their years of oppression, or perhaps because of their years of oppression by these Philistines, they chose to deliver Samson into the hands of their enemies, despite the fact that there were 3,000 of them there. They chose to deliver their judge, their champion, their defender into their enemy's hands in order to be killed. Many years later, a high priest in Israel did exactly the same with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said on that occasion, it is expedient, or he he was saying it was better, it's better for us, it's expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. Actually, he was speaking there about things that in truth he really didn't understand. He was speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ being the substitute for his people. He thought he was referring to Israel and to the Jewish nation at the time with respect to the Romans. But here we find. A parallel in the life of Samson. This is an example of where Samson is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. This high priest handed the Lord Jesus Christ over to the Romans to be crucified. So that both Samson and Christ were delivered by their own people into the hands of their enemy. But here there is a difference. Samson broke his bonds and slew a thousand men. And the Lord Jesus Christ went all the way to the cross and to death. Despite having power to go free, it wasn't that the Lord Jesus Christ lacked the ability to go free. In fact, we're told in Matthew chapter 26 that the Lord says, Thinkest thou... That I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. Twelve legions of angels. That's thousands and thousands of angels. What battles might have been won with twelve legions of angels? But the Lord suffered himself to be taken. He suffered himself to be bound and given into the hands of his enemies that his people might go free, that his people might have life. And here's a third lesson that I want to just leave with you. Samson slew of the enemy a thousand with the jawbone of an ass. It was a surprising weapon. Do you remember another judge we spoke about, a man called Shamgar? He used an ox goad or or something that they used to use to to prod oxen, to make them them grind uh, out the corn, for example. But here Samson uses the jawbone of an ass. And strengthened by the Spirit of God, Samson avenged the elect of Israel. And as a public judge, he slew the enemies of the Lord's people. This was retribution. The retribution of God against the enemies of his people. Now we might say, the jawbone of an ass, of all the things that Samson could use in order to gain this amazing victory, the the last thing that we well, maybe not the very last thing, but one of the last things that we could have thought about was the jawbone of an ass. It was an unexpectedly successful weapon, and in that respect, let me draw a wee parallel for you. Think about the scriptures and think about the gospel. You see, as believers in this world, we do not fight in the normal way that the world fights. We don't fight with swords and we don't fight with guns. What we are called to do is to preach the gospel and testify the word of God. The Apostle Paul says, For though we walk in the flesh, that is we live in this life, we do not war." After the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The church doesn't send out warriors, it sends out preachers, and it sends them out with an unexpectedly successful weapon the scriptures, the holy scriptures, and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It sends out preachers and by the preaching of the gospel Christ gathers his people and builds the kingdom of God. And here's just a final thought and then we're done. Samson was given water when he thirsted at the end of his battle. God miraculously brought water from the jaw. Now whether that was from the actual jaw of the ass or whether it was from the ground uh, where the jaw fell because the ground also had the name of the the jawbone of the ass because that was where the battle took place. Whatever it, it means there, it was a miracle because this fountain appeared, as it were, that had never been there before. And when the Lord Jesus had finished his battle on the cross... With our enemies, he also cried out to God, I thirst. The Roman soldier at the side of the cross heard him, and he to to, to torment him, he, he gave him vinegar to drink. But what a picture that is of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ's desire was for his bride and his thirst was for our souls. He died to save his people from their sins. The Romans wouldn't give him water to drink, but his father gave him a great reward, just as he had given Samson the reward of refreshment after the battle. So, the Lord Jesus Christ was rewarded by his father. Samson was given pure water to drink, to quench his thirst, and Christ obtained a bride, a bride, pure, clean, and fit for his presence, saying, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. It is the Lord's people who drink at the fountain of life, spiritual life. May the Lord give us that living water from the fountain of the water of life that we might come to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as our Saviour. Amen.